Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Good afternoon, Bailey. Good morning, Jay. See, I did it right that time. You did. And then I, I compromised. I met you halfway. I said, good morning. Yeah. Yeah. It is It is morning. In fact, it was a waffle morning here at the Shelton household. Ooh, nice. I we, made pancakes yesterday. The Cuisinart waffler made its second appearance in our life. How is it? I got to say, the second appearance was better than the first. I bet you got all the, the newness off of it. I got all the kinks worked out. That's yeah. what it was. You knew how to do it. I made uh, Bisquick pancakes yesterday. Well, I made Bisquick waffles. So so we had basically the same breakfast in different shapes. Well, yeah. I mean, waffles have a little different recipe from pancakes, but sure. Okay, but we both used Bisquick. So we like did. what? I, I used We used the same more flour water? shortening mixture called Bisquick. Yeah. Um, and then what? Did it require two eggs? and? Nope. No, no eggs? One egg. One egg. Okay. And how much milk did you put in it? Uh, I don't know. A little bit. Like, <laughs> Whatever it like a cup? Yeah, ish. ish. I think it said a little more than a cup. Mine Maybe said, a cup and a half. Mine said two cups Bisquick, one cup milk, uh, two eggs. Uh, and, then, and then there's also oil in no. waffles. Oh, see, no oil in the pancake. That'll be it. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm telling you, it's different. Yeah. Less eggs and oil. Yeah, well, now we know, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, you, the, there's a whole different thing with waffles, right? The texture's different and everything. Yeah, that's true. But... Uh, so It isn't like you put a lot of oil in it. I think you put like a tablespoon of oil in it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, oil's not the main ingredient of a waffle. But... No. Uh, yes. So we made waffles, which was, which was cool. Cause we hadn't, um, you know, we hadn't done that, but once with the, with the new waffler, you know, this of course is truly exciting for everyone. I'm sure. But <laughs> we, um, we decided to have waffles this morning cause we're going to go and visit granny this afternoon. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I saw that you went to a gala last night. A gala. I don't know if it was a gala. It was a fundraiser for the Umoja Project, U-M-O-J-A, Okay. Uh, which is um, uh, in Kenya. The, the, the partnership puts together um, funding for folks in Kenya, child, children, to uh, go to school and have clothes and such. Okay. Um, so so uh, was this a d the same gala or a different gala from the one Mom and Joe went to? Oh, we weren't at the one with your mom and Joe. No. Okay. Cause I, see Shara messaged me and she was like, your dad invited me to a gala last minute. So I'm going, isn't that fun? And a then gala. literally That's right fun. after, because you know, I don't see what happens in your guys's afternoon at all because I'm asleep. Um, I got a notice on Facebook that mom had posted a photo from them at a gala. And I was like, 
Well, maybe last really, night was the night for Gallus. I, I was really was getting cool. FOMO, man. I was like, dang. You should have been there, Bailey. We had an extra seat and everything. It was already paid for because somebody had to cancel. That's why that's why uh shara she she gotta jump in on the the you know because you pay for your seats at a fundraiser right mm -hmm. seats already paid for have to cancel last minute can you get somebody to fill so shara was actually someone named demi sure last night yeah, yeah. and they got my name wrong on my seat and i was james so my oh. dad's name was on my name tag which was fun um, and of course, Ryan, uh, you know, my friend Ryan, who was there also, uh, called me James pretty much all night. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, so, You're not even the junior uh, of the family. There's a James junior. It's just not you. Uh, uh, well, thank goodness for that. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was, it was kind of weird, uh, in that regard, but no, it was a lot of fun. The, um, wasn't really a gala. It was a fundraiser playing Texas Hold'em. Oh, well, that's fun. Um, so it was like a, um, a, a, you know, it was a fancy kind of thing. There were hors d'oeuvres and such. Some really good pot stickers were Ooh, served. That's how, that uh, sounds good. Some, some stellar firecracker meatballs also on little, <laughs> you know, on little toothpicks. Right. You know, um, so that was cool. And then the, I mean, the fun part was playing Texas Hold'em A with a bunch of people who don't really haven't really ever played Texas Hold'em. Well, because you're a poker man. The, well, I know how to play, but there was a lot of people there that were, um, you know, like Sarah, who's never played it in her life, uh, and Laurel, who never played ever and didn't know the rules. So the poor dealers who were like, you know, first off, volunteers, we got to give them like a round of applause, but yeah. they were not super spectacular, mostly because the people playing were... <laughs> <laughs> not professionally bombarding them with questions yeah <laughs> you know so there were quite a few moments of uh you know confusion and hilarity that, dealers that like i'm sorry this is the first time anyone's ever asked me how they play texas hold'em <laughs> well, well that's probably not the case but like you know definitely in, in that um uh, quantity right yeah and also people who aren't, you know, some some of the folks not particularly interested. They're just playing for the charity, not because they care if they win, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, so it was a it was a really hard game to play in, like as someone who knows how to play, because you're just like, yeah, you're like it's everybody sort of like when could you play be a bluffing. Game on a holiday with family, right? Yeah. And like three or four of the family members really don't care and probably shouldn't have thrown their hat in the ring at all. They should have just hung out with a beer right you know <laughs> because they're just kind of not paying attention they're just talking to everyone and <laughs> having a good time i think we only broke out texas hold'em like once and we played like two rounds of it like because it's one of those games where it's only fun if you really know how to play it like no it's fun if you don't know how to play it too if you are like just like any game if you don't pay attention Right. You know, it's a really fast paced thing. So you have to pay attention. Right. Um, uh, whereas it's kind of like if you're playing Euchre with people that aren't really paying attention, like yeah. it, it becomes a shit show really fast. Well, you have to know <laughs> yeah. Euchre first, too. And like that's something yeah. that's interesting here is like um, so nobody plays Euchre here, obviously, because it's like a different country and they have different games. And even in the United States, people don't play Euchre really outside of Indiana. So that's not really true, but well, 
every every friend it's just of really mine big here yeah it's a hotbed of of uh of euchre U- is, is a hotbed in indiana yeah but it there's there's euchre all over the world well I've i understand that i understand mm-hmm. that other people know how to play euchre but i'm saying is like euchre is a uniquely popular game in indiana like for family yeah, like basketball like, is as well yeah yeah but you go to other parts of the world and they actually know what basketball is uh whereas like most people here don't know what euchre is and i would say well, I mean, most I, of my I, I friends from outside putting, of uh, hold on let me let me back up i wasn't putting any card game on the level with basketball in terms of okay. people knowing what it is okay well what i'm saying is like <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm i'm simply introducing this as i like every friend who does not it was not from indiana has had to be like, what's Euchre? Like, and that's not a, oh, I live in the UK thing. That's like a, most people outside of Indiana who are my age are not familiar with Euchre thing. Um, that that's said, sad, yeah. Euchre's a great card game. I agree. Euchre is one of my favorite card games. Euchre is the one I want to play. <laughs> yeah. uh, so have to that teach means people and spread the word. Well, so I don't know if you've ever played Euchre when three of the four players don't know the rules. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not that fun. <laughs> it, it gets there. They, you just have to you have to stick with it. Yeah, I'd say you need a 50. You, know, you, you started a Dungeons and Dragons thing. You should start a Euchre thing. I bet people will come out of the woodwork. No, mm-hmm. no. Too they much will. game people night. I already have two Dungeons and Dragons games going. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not doing a third game night. That's fucking insane. I'm not. I know there are people who are board game people. I have friends who are board game people. I'm not that. Um, There are no there are no board games in my house. Um, I don't even have a deck of cards right now. Uh, So that's sad. Well, yes, because I think a deck of cards really passes the time. My friend Addis brought a deck of cards to the bar when I went with them and their roommate, Ethan, and that was delightful. But I said, hey, do you guys know Euchre? And they said, no. And I was like, well, we'll play Go Fish instead. It'll be fine. (laughs) So that said, two, two, two nights a week playing a game is already more than enough which is why one of my Dungeons and Dragons games is every other Wednesday. Cause I was like, if I do two games a week, every single week, I am going to hate this. Well, I mean, Euchre, there's nothing like yelling Euchre. That's true. But I, 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 I don't think I could run a weekly joy to Glasgow, Bailey. too much. Uh, hey I'm man, I just want somebody to play bingo with me. I miss playing bingo with granny and Shara. That was well, you can come i I bet you if you fly over here they'll go to bingo with you yeah i'm sure that we'll win back the money i paid for flight for yeah you might maybe never know i you know what that actually no if you don't play that's a so last week um after i got off the phone with you i then had a phone call with granny and a phone call with shara uh because i was making my shelton rounds apparently and um one thing i said to to Shara was that Granny and I had already made a pact that we're going to be gambling at her wedding in in June because it's at a casino um, or it's at a place that's attached to a casino. And Granny was like, "Well, I don't care. I'm going down to the slots." 
I was like, I don't think anybody's going to stop you from going to the slots while we're there for the long weekend. Like, I think that maybe there's going to be time to go down and play the slots. And she was like, well, what if I, you know, I just, I just want to be sure. Like, I don't want anybody to tell me. And I was like, you know what? We'll get there. We'll go to the, we'll go to the casino first thing. And she'll go, yeah, we'll just tell them we're going for a drink. And I was like, yeah. And by a drink, we mean the, you know, the slot machines where they serve you drinks while you're at the slots. Hmm. And then I called Shara and Shara said, yeah, Sean and I already had a conversation where we said, uh, Sean asked me, well, what if they miss the wedding? Cause they got on a heater. And Cher goes, I mean, you can't help a heater as long as they split yeah. some of it with us. I I think that's fine. I mean, like, if you, <laughs> I mean, you never leave the table when you're on a heater. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what, yeah. that's what it says in, in the hangover. It's like an axiom. Yeah. You can't, I was on a heater. I couldn't. Yeah. Maybe they were on a heater. <laughs> that's see that's and so that's she she literally said to me she was like, "You know, if you miss the wedding because you're on a heater, can't fault you for that." Like <laughs> I was like, "You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep myself from going to the table at any time near your wedding. Like I'm going to make sure I just don't go that morning because so I have just found euchre okay okay so i guarantee that you you are actually close to the hot as hot of hotbeds of euchre okay um, euchre was invented in uh alsace which is um west eastern france or western germany okay that region okay alsace yeah alsace yeah um in 1908 okay so and, uh it w the reason that it's very popular in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana is because of German immigrants. Is because German immigrants came to those areas in heavy numbers. Yeah, well, that makes so, sense. You know, yeah. actually, I'll ask my friend Felix because his his mom's German. I'll see if he knows Euchre. Yeah, if she is from the uh, Alsace region of France or Germany, she is. I mean, I've not really talked to him a lot about his German mm -hmm. heritage, but. Hey, look, that could be a, f a fun conversation starter. Do you know the game? <laughs> well, honestly, I might just use him to teach other people Euchre with me. And then if he does, that would be great. Then you have two. Yeah, which is so much better because then you're on opposite teams and then you're basically yeah. doing an extended God's version work. of going on a loner. You're doing God's work, teaching the other, teaching people. Spreading the good word. Yes. Of Euchre. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, as I looked it up on the internet, like, there's a lot of um, Euchre. Why is it so popular in Michigan? Why is it so popular in Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> I so, was like, you know, that's the thing. I know that it's, I, I like, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure that Michigan is huge Euchre state, too. Like, <laughs> Just because I, you know, have known a lot of people from Michigan in my lifetime, and they tend to play it a lot. So, um, so the other thing, I, I so this week, I similarly had a uh, new experience. I went to. Do you know what a Kaylee is? Uh, a Kaylee. 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 Some Kaylee Scotsman is going to listen to this and Kaylee be like, "You're is. a fucking idiot." 
Keely is a character in Ted Lasso. So have you seen, have you ever seen the words? Uh, it's spelled C E I L I D H. C E I L I D E H. Nope. Just D H D H. No, I haven't. Okay. Well, that's pronounced Keely. Okay. Thank you. Gaelic. Uh, and that is apparently it's like a traditional, like line dancing thing in Scotland. They're all over the place. There are certain bars that have a Keely like once a week and, uh, Scottish dancing. Okay. Yeah. It's like Scottish folk dancing basically. Uh, but it's played, it's like somewhat related to polka and it's played like, apparently they teach Keely dances like in gym class here when people are kids. And then it's like really common at like Scottish weddings to have like the line dances and the traditional dances. So, um, my friend Addis invited me to a Keely on Tuesday night and I was like, sure, man, I'll experience some culture with you. Uh, Keely is a traditional Scottish and Irish social gathering. <laughs> it involves dancing and playing Gaelic folk music. Yeah. Look, there you go. That's it. Complete. So, if, for example, one of their roommate, Ethan, is uh, English. And so we were at the so Keely. So like what was going on in the um, bottom of the Titanic uh, when um, Rose came down and stood on her toes? No, I think that Rose was just showing off that she could... Go no, up no, no. On Before point. that, there was like a big dance, like a, oh. a, a, a Gaelic folk dance going on. Down I there. mean, the ones that actually had like s like steps to it. I'm going to have to rewatch the yeah. scene. I'm going to pull it up on YouTube. Um, <laughs> YouTube, go. Like Jack took Rose to Titanic dance scene. I mean... It could be real. You know? Um, well, what I'm witnessing right now is Leo DiCaprio doing tap dancing. Um, I, I so, don't think that was the same movie. No, it doesn't look like the same thing. If you actually search. Yeah, they're doing like a tap dance Jig if you search thing. Keely Titanic, then you get all of these uh, cut parts of the of it. Well, well, the swinging yeah. of the arms is kind of yeah, okay, okay. It's got certain elements of the same thing, but basically, well, it it's is, like it is because like that's how everybody's labeled the YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, it's like um. They tell you, yes, like, like the at the of top Titanic. of each dance, like, the how to do the steps to it. So it's like, oh, for this one, you need right. two so partners. Right, so daddy-daughter square dancing, did you have a flashback? Yes, it was very similar to daddy-daughter square dancing, honestly. <laughs> Except that it was, like, a, it was hosted by, like, University of Strathclyde. They were doing a fundraiser for, like, the skateboard club. So and, it wasn't someone who was a sadist and just wanted to make the dads like collapse. No, but that was okay. funny. Y'all couldn't I mean, do it. I mean, he never stopped us. And there was no breaks. There was no. Yeah. So this guy, it <laughs> was like was a two. A 
it was a two-piece band and both of the people were like younger but it was like a guy on an accordion and a guy on like a like the other instruments like piano and then i think he would played guitar at one point too um but basically it was like they were playing a traditional polka two-piece and they were shouting out the directions like at the start of it and then you get along there and then it was basically like all right well you just have to keep a four count and know where we are um because it's gonna be a while so it was like at the end of each dance there was like a five minute break so that people could like not die uh because i swear to god it would be like it started normal and then it would get gradually faster and then by the end of the song everybody's like exhausted and like not counting well and so like especially toward the end i know ethan and i were like trying to get through this dance with the different steps and stuff and i just looked at him i was like listen when we get to the polka bit we're smashing into so many people we might as well be doing it on purpose you want to just like do like a mosh pit kind of thing and he was like yeah that's fine and i was like cool so me and this english guy just kept throwing shoulders into the crowd because it was like this is the best we can do like like got to clear a path if they there ain't going to be one hmm. yeah so so i just i just actually looked this up because it was an interesting you know the way you were describing yeah actually uh north american um what they call modern western square dance mm-hmm. is derived from keely well that explains it yeah yeah um so, so when i first moved here yes you did daddy daughter square dance again yes sounds fun so when i first moved here it was like i was on dating apps and the first like it was a really common thing that people would like be like oh hey you're american do you want to experience something scottish with me do you want to go to Achille with me and i was like no <laughs> And I was sometimes I would even give a reason. I'd be like, I don't want to go to a cultural event with you when I don't know you, uh, because it seems like you're just taking the American to a thing where they're going to look uncoordinated and stupid, and you're going to laugh at them with a whole bunch of other Scottish people. Um, so no, uh, but I went with my friend this time. And I kind of knew their other friends. And so it was like fine and fun and stuff. And I'd like to double down on the uh, that's a bad first date idea point, uh, because (laughs) first of all, there are lots of things that are bad first date ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Akili is a terrible first date idea if you're going on a date with somebody who has never been to Akili before. Right. Like just because it's. it's a lot of steps and it's not exactly like trendy or fun music. And the dancing isn't like sexy at all. I'm sure that other cultures where it's like, Oh, do you want to see me flamingo dance? Like that must be very impressive. Um, but like Keely dancing is not that it's not a romantic dance. It's like you switch partners a lot. Um, you sweat. I'm sure you sweat a lot. And then the music that's playing like a, is like it's like going for a music. workout on your first date. And <laughs> yeah, first date. Let's go to the gym and get on some treadmills and lift some weights. Yeah, see if we're really compatible. Yeah, oh, right? I mean it's a real hit or miss. Like if you are all about Keelys and you want to go Keely dancing every single week, that's a good way to weed somebody out. <laughs> but 
otherwise if it's not <laughs> something you them. usually you're do trying to weed them out means you know take them <laughs> see yeah. if they can survive the gauntlet we'll do a keely dance and secondly we'll go and we'll do bungee jumping just i want to see if you're adventurous or not yeah right yep. even though you may not ever want to do those things you're just seeing if they'll do whatever crazy shit you come up with well and honestly i'd go to day. another keely but i wouldn't go alone like that's weird <laughs> why is that weird it's it's just not it's like it's like going to a party where you don't know anybody but well i mean if you knew the people it wouldn't be weird to go alone that's what i'm saying is like i would go yeah. with friends but i wouldn't like you know you might show up there alone but you have friends that are going to be there right that, yes that, that that's di that's not going alone that's going with friends i mean going alone is what you do in euchre i'll i'll i'll, I'll do a loner Right. Go ahead and give me well, your best. Like there, there's a guy. Um, uh, you know, we we we're back to euchre a, a touch, but on Thursday night at uh, Open Stage, there's a guy that comes. He does funny songs. His name's Steve Vandewater, mm -hmm. right? He like he's written songs. They're all like kind of jokes, like all the way through. They're awesome. They're mm -hmm. really good. But um, he he came in and played a set wearing a shirt that says "I'm going alone." That's a good one. On it. <laughs> I was like, this is. That's awesome because if you're not someone who does euchre and you see that shirt, you kind of get intrigued like, oh, he's like a loner. He's like, you know, he's talking about his own. He, he's not afraid to speak up about his own individuality, right? Mm -hmm. But then if you know the, about euchre, then you're like, <laughs> that's awesome. Homie got three aces. Yeah. <laughs> he he's got a great hand. Yeah. Dude is dude is he's loaded for bear. He's got like both Bowers, Ace King of Hearts, you know, yeah. sitting back. Um <laughs> just chilling. Yeah. He's just he's just ready to roll over here. He's got both Bowers and an ace. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, exactly. Yeah. At least. At least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Usually I here's the thing I don't know what your your line is but I think my line is I've got to have at least like I have to at least have the top 2 and then I have to have either an ace of another suit or at least two more cards that are um trump before I would before I would go alone. Like at least four car i have to know i have to at least four rounds in the bag before i go alone so i think it just depends on how quickly you're wanting to get the game over <laughs> interesting right. explain more so like if you're trying to win the game then of course you're going to be a little more conservative about when you go alone but um you know a little a little fun fact about your mom and i's first like meeting we met playing euchre at a party huh Okay. And um, when we were playing Euchre at the party, there came a point in the game of Euchre where we decided we wanted to go and like hang out mm -hmm. and, you know, chat or whatever. And so your mom started going alone like every hand and kind of winking at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's time to like go somewhere else let's get this game over with <laughs> mm -hmm. so she was basically you know kind of throwing in the towel <laughs> but <laughs> doing it in a truly spectacular way <laughs> that's very funny i'm going alone 
<laughs> she's like, I'm going alone, you know? And she like goes <laughs> alone and she's got dog shit. <laughs> and she just gets... <laughs> She just gets euchred and then acts like she doesn't know the game. Like we had, she acted like she was confused about the game, but we had won like six games in a row. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suddenly she lost all like knowledge of the game and was ready to quit. But instead of just quitting, mm -hmm. you know, that's funny. She made it, she made it quote unquote subtle that, uh, at least to the drunk people we were playing with. So. Um, so on a complete other note, <laughs> well, not complete. We're still on gaming. Um, I have been watching uh, Sims 4 videos like of people Why? play. Well, because <laughs> it is very soothing when you are about to go to sleep to watch somebody oh. build a five story McMansion in Sims 4. Soothing. Uh, I would call it boring as fuck, and it would put me to sleep too. Yes, that's what I've been doing. It's been nice to fall asleep to, because I found that there's a certain level of interest that I have to not have in order to fall asleep. So, like for example, um, there was a time when I would watch uh, Scottish Castle rebuilds, uh -huh. um, because they'd go through like every room and they'd talk about like this old ha castle and shit. Uh, but then I discovered that I actually care enough about that to stay awake for like an extra hour. Um, and that's not good. So like I, you'd stumble upon one where it was like talking about how the like foundation had rotted in a particular way because of like some historic fact. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how they'd solve that major plumbing issue. And I'd wait another hour watching this because I'd be like, oh, that's really interesting. Interesting. It was probably also put together like one of those things are where like the the they they don't give you the real answer forever. They just yeah. keep dragging you through. Yeah. Which, you know, I have I have lately become very, very impatient with those things. Mm -hmm. Um like it happens a lot on YouTube videos too and stuff, and like they'll 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 claim they're gonna tell you about something, you know, and then they're just trying to get watch time instead of actually do what the video should be doing. So it's not like clickbaiting, but it might as well be because mm -hmm. the only way I'm getting there is like 20 minutes of prattling on and, you know, them talking about, but first let me talk about this and this. And, and it's like, dude, I just want to know how to open the battery cover on my remote control to replace the battery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. I it's mean, like, um, one of those video traps that I've fallen into a lot. Open the battery cover on my, you know, remote to, you know, like, you know, like on the, on a remote for like a car or whatever, you got to open it to yeah. change the battery. And you're just like, I don't know. So, so there, there's this thing called Ninja rocks. I don't know if you've ever heard of these. It's literally a crushed up spark plug. And when you throw it at tempered glass, it like shatters the tempered glass. Mm -hmm. um, I have, I've made reference to that two or three times in conversation since hearing about it for the first time. And because of that, I have had to like look up a YouTube video to show people what I'm talking about. And the first like five or six videos on the top when you search Ninja Rocks are like that, where it's like, come on, man, I just want to see you throw something so tiny at a car windshield and then see it shatter. Like this is a 10 second process. Why is this a 15 minute video?
Right, because they do things like, you know, when they first talked about these rocks, they, yeah. you, you know, to, to really understand how this works. You have to understand that this is <laughs> considered thieves tools in several countries, including uh, Taiwan. Uh, oh, yeah. And sometimes the guy's like, China. really got a, like uh, a droning slow voice too, yeah. right? And he's like, so. Or he's like interviewing really someone. I'm like, why is there is another there. person here for this demonstration? <laughs> He, he's giving you the deep background on it. Like yeah. not just the, yeah. Well, Tony, tell like, me the first time the you crushed up a spark plug. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> Probably sort of like people listening to our podcast to fall asleep. I love that. Uh, if someone does that, I am so fucking sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But we're soothing and less interesting than that. We, we aren't sparking the, the uh, intrigue that we should be. Okay, well, I'll I'll work you know. on that. Um, really, okay. I'm just here to talk to my dad for a few hours, and I know and we're the fact that other people in. are here is here or now, here nor there. So that's <laughs> totally true. Our promotional skills for the show are very low. It's a low effort uh, thing. Well, that's because wonderful. I just want to talk to you on Sundays. So well, too. Yes, M me too. That's the whole reason I'm here. Okay. I mean, if we had uh, an agenda, it would be a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> our agenda is to chat with each other. It's family rabble. That's true. Right? Um, so, you know, the thing is that you were talking about The Sims 4 and watching it. And, like, so um, to, to, to delve off into the deeper YouTube-like prattling on, my um, for the last three years since I got my PlayStation 5, mm -hmm. I have played – I got Call of Duty Cold War – with it and i've pretty much played that game about 95 percent of the time that i've had it mm -hmm. okay now other versions of call of duty came out and i would play them for a few minutes here and there but always end up back in the cold war because it's a better game right okay um and so like lately recently modern warfare 2 came out and i played it a little bit but still it's not as good as cold war so i'm back to playing cold war again right okay so, um, then <laughs> I, um, um, Hogwarts legacy was coming out mm -hmm. and I was like, so I have like four editions of call of duty on my PS five and I have an Xbox series X that I basically play Madden and Fortnite on because mm -hmm. there's no room on the PS five to play those things. <laughs> so the PS five is really what I call the call of duty box. Right. It's not really the PS5. It's a, it's a PlayStation 5, but it really is just for Call of Duty. The Xbox Series X is for all the other games that I might want to play. So I got Hogwarts Legacy on there because I had plenty of space to put it on there. Um, and the thing is, I finally found a game that I like better than Call of Duty Cold War. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Hogwarts Legacy. And I don't know how, like you could make such a fantastic game and everyone else has just missed the boat for years on making an RPG. That's this good. Um, <laughs> I've tried to play other ones. Um, I love playing Zelda games. This game's far better than any Zelda game. <laughs> I mean, I give it like a, uh, if, if a Zelda is a 10, which it is, uh, it's a 25. I, this game is, it's incredible in every single way. It doesn't have anything that bothers me. That's bored. Like they took, 
they took the things that were like that are boring about RPGs and made them simple and fast so that we don't have to sit there forever doing that. Right. <laughs> For example, if I need to learn a new spell, I don't have to go through trying to do this swish flick thing or five moves every time I want to perform it. <laughs> you know, they like you do that one time, you learn the spell, and then from then on, there's like a shortcut button to perform the spells so you can do them in quick succession right. and actually just play the game, right? <laughs> and um, it, it, I mean, it's just things like that all the way through. They just thought through every little thing to take quirkiness away, you know? It's sort of the the opposite of that, um, what's that horrible Zelda one? Like uh, that was- You hated Wind Waker. No. No. Was it not Wind Waker? Oh. No, it's um Oh, it was the one where you go back in time. I forget. I thought that was Wing Wind Waker, but maybe no, it's not. No, no. I like the Wind Waker. I like Oct Ocarina of Time as well. It's um it's the one that was on the Wii U natively. Yeah, it was before Breath of the Wild. There was Skyward Sword. That was it. That you hated one. Skyward Sword. Sky fuck Skyward Sword. That that thing is full of the littlest, quirkiest bullshit. Like every little thing's a quirky little freaking ex extra thing I have to do. I don't think and I, I ever finished Skyward Sword, honestly. Like I know I didn't. I told them to fuck themselves, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that game sucks. I hate it. Well, in yeah. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, I really liked that game. Oh, yeah. But the and then they took a step backward with Skyward Sword. Well, the thing with Twilight Princess was I remember I got really, really, really far on it. And then my game corrupted. And I was just so fucking mad. <laughs> well, yeah. Because I remember sure. exactly. It was like the game froze at the cutscene where Midna is revealed to be like the literal Twilight Princess. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, okay, well, this is frozen. Bailey. Let me Spoilers. restart the game. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not play that game from? No, I'm, I'm not talking about me. 20... I'm talking about our listeners. Hold on. Hold on. This game that you're talking about right now came out in 2016 twilight princess it came out before that no yeah you're right hold on <laughs> that was probably like a bonus pack or something i don't know why it said that 2006 yeah if y'all haven't played the game from 2006 yet I'm sorry. I'm not spoiler warning you. They might not have. It you happened. Have, you could have spoiled it for them. It was in Bailey. 2006. I was like, what, 10 when that game came out? The thing is that like, um, if the, the Twilight Princess was really good, but it also requires a lot of weird hand movements because it was, um, it was a Wii game, right? Yeah. And so the controls were like, weird. Well, the controls on everything on Wii were just different and unique and cool mm -hmm. in, in some ways, but in other ways, like, you know, a little cumbersome, right? And goofy and odd. Yeah. <laughs> so like true. the negative to Twilight Princess was also a positive about Twilight Princess in some ways, right? Yeah, that's true. It, it, it was fun to play with the funky controls, but in sometimes it would just get in the way, mm -hmm. you know? And, but that's one of the things that like, you know the uh, Hogwarts Legacy. I, I swear, it feels like they just they they just mastered all of the little pieces and parts. And then secondarily, like a whole new 
story based on the wizarding world of Harry Potter that is completely independent of anything about Harry Potter. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like it's well before he exists. It's a whole different, you know, um, thing. So you're not just hung up on being like wanting to be part of that, like main character. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like and, I've seen a lot just of opens stuff. the whole thing up so much because you're not stuck on that. Like, you know, I want to be Harry or I want to be Ron Weasley or, you know what I mean? You know, you're not, it's not character driven that way. Mm -hmm. and, um, um, so I really love that because it does have characters and like the, all the characters in the storyline of it are, are built up and, and, and really well done. But you don't have like you're, you're there's no you're no boxing in. It's like a whole it's like a whole different thing, you know. <laughs> so one thing I've noticed is um, being a Hufflepuff has become far less lame in the last few months because of Hogwarts Legacy. Because like I've seen a lot of TikTok memes getting bled over onto Instagram because I don't have a TikTok, and um, all of the Hogwarts ones have made like. Hufflepuffs stoners all of a sudden and I'm like okay so y'all have played Hogwarts Legacy and you've suddenly realized that like Hufflepuff traits are just like low drama loyal to friends comfort <laughs> food like yeah well I you know I, I'm personally a Ravenclaw in the game and the thing is before I started playing it I would totally have been like I'm going to be a Gryffindor I'm going to pick to be a Gryffindor because I like that's the cool house right yeah. well this takes all of them and puts them on a different plane first off the Slytherins aren't nearly into villainy like they are in when Harry in that world later yeah. period right like and uh, and so while they they still have the same traits you know they're just you know, more in the middle, you know, more neutral about things, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, and so, um, you know, there's a couple of characters in it that are Slytherins that are like really good friends and they're having a disagreement on how much dark arts should be done, you know? And, yeah. and it's like that, that's the heart of the whole thing, right? It's the heart of the whole culmination that happens way later in all those Harry Potter stories. But, um, it's like really fun exploring that part of it because it has such a, uh, you know, just a societal, like kind of commingling, right. Mm -hmm. As you know, as, as someone who has lived through an era where it was less, uh, politically contentious than it has been in the last 10 years here. Um, it, 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 it you know, it, it feels like the conversations that people used to have. And for some reason they stopped having because they started paying attention to the wrong things or being influenced by the wrong things instead of thinking for themselves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, a, a, you know, and, and being able to, you know, the characters and they're seeing both sides of the, the, you know, Hey, some things that are truly evil have good components to them. Right. There's, there's, there's actually, you know, unintended consequences sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like something, you know, you could have a perfectly good reason for doing or intention of, and it can turn sideways on you, you know? And, um, and that's why like things that are evil, are very tempting because they do have positives, 
You yeah. know, like there are positives to the evil, you know, to the evil thing that you might do. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or like some, for, for them, it's like a spell. Like there might be a spell that you can perform that is considered an evil spell, but you could use it for good. Right. You know, <laughs> um, and uh, so it, it's a it's an interesting like exploration of humanity. The game is <laughs> well. So like, I, I I think of that in the original Harry Potter, and it's very much like a lot of the conversations Harry has is like, hey, why does it feel like everybody around me is like you're gonna be evil? Like you could be evil if you wanted to. Do you want to be evil? Um, and like one of the moments I remember most is like he it's in half blood prints. He uses sectum sempra on Malfoy, not knowing that it literally like rips someone apart. And he thinks to himself like, oh, why the fuck would somebody like make a spell like this? Like uh, the half blood prince put it in there and said to use on your enemies. Right. And it's like, well, first of all, that's a really fucking handy spell if you're like trying to cut something up real fast. Like, second of all, <laughs> he was bullied. I <laughs> think he was like very severely bullied. Um, so it would make sense that a like a person who's being bullied would be like, all right, what do I do to solve this problem fast? Yeah, I mean, you know, it it um you know, when you delve into what they call the unforgivable curses. Like this, that one isn't an unforgivable curse, but it seems worse than Crucio. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like um, with Crucio, they they're like tortured. Now, if you do it to them hard enough, they become eternally brain damaged, right? Right. But but like that thing, man, you 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 talk about a killing curse. If you keep you call it a few times, you'll kill somebody anyway. Yeah. Like maybe not with one blast, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's sort of like, you know, um, the difference between, um, you know, Arvada Kadava being an AR 15 yeah, and a handgun being circumspect. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and there are those parallels throughout all of the story, which is why I just, I, you know, I totally love it. It's just, it's, it's been so well thought out from the beginning when she wrote the books to the point where all of these other people have worked on like taking the foundation of that and just blowing it up into this mega world video game. That's, you know, one of the best video games I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not done. I mean, I'm even close really. I, I'm like 30% through, <laughs> um, but it is, I mean, Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so did you say that you had watched part of it this week behind your boyfriend? Yeah. Um, he, he's been playing through it. Um, I've not really caught a lot of the plot. I think Hogsmeade looks really cool. Um, Oh, Hogsmeade's amazing. Like the, the set pieces in general are just really well done. They mm-hmm. like everywhere. Um, um, I mean, it's, uh, I also it, like how they pulled in like the fantastic beasts stuff. Like I thought that was really cool. Oh, every part of magic you're exploring all of it. Yeah. You know, which is cool. you, you've got beasts to take care of. You've got, I mean, the potions 
Like, uh, that that part is kind of incredible what some of the potions can do for you. There's certain mm-hmm. there's certain things that like it's like wow, if I have one of these potions, this is a lot easier, right? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I can still get through it without it, but I'm going to get damaged pretty heavily, right? Yeah. And um like at one point I like there's a, a potion called Maxima and it basically it, it doubles like the damage that you do or triples it you know, with your spells. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, uh, I, I ran out of it right before I accidentally pushed the button three times instead of twice mm-hmm. when I was fighting and I wanted to save one and I didn't need the last one. And I used it anyway, cause there was only like one little creature left mm-hmm. and, uh, one, one goblin. And I got into the next spot and to fight the boss battle, the, the main boss battle. And I had no Maxima left. And I was like, damn, I want to go make some more of this before I do this, <laughs> but I can't. Yeah. I'm like stuck without that potion. And it was way harder to beat them than it should have been. Cause if yeah. I'd had one of those, I could have taken out like half of them right at the start with, you know, right. Um, um so it was like a, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's also like, there's a, str- a strategy to everything that you're doing in there. What potions do I need to make before I go on this little journey? What, uh, mm-hmm what things can I weave into my clothing to make them more powerful, you know, for offense and defense. Yeah. <laughs> and currently you know. in my dungeons and dragons campaign, I am dealing with a similar issue where my players do not uh, ask nearly enough questions about what they're about to do. So I literally like on Thursday was like, okay, well you're about to go into this like mid boss battle. Um, anything you want to do to prep? <laughs> <laughs> you're like adding that to the <laughs> I like literally said that I was like anything else you want to do while you're in this highly stocked area before you go seek this guy out well, you want to ask first... what might be there <laughs> what, what's kind of um, wild is that um, and, and I think this is a little bit of a generational issue people my age that grew up playing uh, Super Mario Brothers and the original Zelda and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They were way harder than any of today's video games. Yeah. Okay. They weren't even close to as easy as these games are to play. Okay. It took, you know, at, at my age, I could not start playing a Mario Brothers game and come through and be anywhere near as good at it as I was. And right. I am. I'm still really good at all of them. But, um, the thing is that it like it was so hard because the everything was so intricate and had to be done perfectly mm-hmm. and you didn't get a lot of it like extra chances and there was no game saving mm-hmm. right <laughs> so you know you had to play Mario Brothers and find your way through it there was no saving the game anywhere mm-hmm. you know so you're playing Super Mario Brothers and you get to the, toward the end of it and it's really hard and you get, you, you know, you can only accumulate like three or four or five lives if you don't know how to do something special to accumulate more lives. Right. Right. <laughs> and, um, and getting through some of those boards with, you know, it might, you might hit a checkpoint in it and be able to start from there. But if you only got two lives, you only get two chances and then you're done. Like, and you got to completely start the whole level over. Right. right. And, and, uh, so at least they let you do that, you know, but it was still, I mean, really hard to get through because, um, of that. And then, you know, but as someone who got really highly skilled at it, there mm-hmm. are places in the game where you can get unlimited 
extra lives. Like basically, if you work your way to a certain spot in a level, mm-hmm. you can find a turtle that's on a on a uh, on one of those. It's like a hill, but it's made out of blocks, mm-hmm. right? And you can jump on the turtle and bounce him back and forth, and uh, just keep jumping on his head. He keeps bouncing off the step and back to you, and you can get you know extra lives if you do that like ten times. You get an extra life, and then an extra life every time you do it after that. So if you do it like a hundred times in a row, you get a hundred extra lives, which is the max that you can have at any one time, right? Mm-hmm. So once I figured that out, and others figured it out because we did it through the grapevine, there was no internet to talk on, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it was like friends talking to friends who had done things, you know, and we, we figured out how to, do, once you figured out how to do that, then you could get a hundred lives before you went into the last two worlds of the game. And I mean, if I go through and I, you know, a hundred lives then I deserve to lose, right? Right. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, but figuring all of that out and being good enough to get to that point was done completely on your own. There was no guidebook. There was no looking it up on Google. There was no, (laughs) you know, there's none of that stuff. So similarly, um, I've been volunteering at the Glasgow Zine Library and they do a lot of like programming, including an after school programming with like teenagers, I want to say. Maybe they're like Mm -hmm. grade school kids, but... Um, the programming director was uh, there on Friday when I was helping out with the storefront and she was talking about, oh, hey, I need some examples for this upcoming lesson plan that I have to go through because, and I'm wanting like three or four different like examples to show them because these kids, um, have problems like creatively solving a problem or coming up with something on their own. Like they uh, like the people in this workshop are like very much there are only two ways to solve a problem. I either am googling the answer or copying the example piece for piece. And so that becomes very problematic when you're doing like a zine making workshop where it's like the goal of this is for you to know that you can make whatever you want to make. And it's there's no rules and there's no right answer. You just are going to do the thing and walk <laughs> away with it. Like, yay, you made a thing that helped you express yourself and think creatively. That's that's what you get out of this. And they like they can't understand that as a thing like so everything is math to them where there's a right and a wrong answer and I have to do it a certain way and I have to memorize the steps to get there. And so, I, you know, it's interesting to me that like that also comes up in video games because in video games, there very much is like a right or wrong answer that you can just Google. Like earlier this week, I was Googling how to pull up the cheat code bar in Sims 4 because I was like... I've never played this on an Xbox before, but I know that Motherload exists and I don't want to like make a sim who works a job for like grinding for simoleons so that I can build a mega mansion. Like that's not what I want to do. I want to just build the mega mansion and then walk away. Like, <laughs> so. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I, and, and uh, <sighs> The cheat code things weren't like 
you know, really built into games until much later. But like in yeah. the, you know, in the early Nintendo, they had ways to skip levels, right? Yeah. If you could find them and knew where the places were in the dungeons to to skip. Yeah, you just walk through know, a certain tunnel and, oh, look at that. Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, I'm like 10 uh, levels uh, ahead. That's weird. Uh, all of a sudden, I can skip worlds, not just yeah. levels, right? <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I remember that. Um, we were playing it because at first, Super Mario Brothers was only in an arcade. Mm-hmm. When we, you had to play it. You put a quarter in and you get to play it as long as you can, right? There was no... Yeah, there was no continue for a quarter or whatever, right? Uh, um, on the first iteration of it, and we would we were standing there, like standing there playing the thing. Like one of us would be playing it, trying to figure it out, and you know all of that stuff. And we were getting pretty far in the game, and mm-hmm. then the Nintendo came out with it on there, the full game, just like the arcade version. Now this was that had never happened before. Right. Usually when the video games at home, they were less powerful computers. Right. Than what was in that stand up machine. So mm-hmm. like Pac-Man came on like the Atari or whatever, and it didn't really look like actual Pac-Man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, uh, Centipede was close, you know, but when Super Mario Brothers came and then within like probably six months of it coming out, they released the Nintendo with, Super Mario Brothers in the box for free with yeah. the machine because they were competing against ColecoVision and Atari and stuff, right? Yeah. And it was like the very first console for Nintendo and they put it out with their best game for free, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the kind of ballsy that they were uh, back then, you know? They put that in the box. That game was uber popular in the arcade and it made them sell out of Nintendo's. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people bought Nintendo's just specifically to play that. Right. And, but, you know, skipping around in it and stuff, we figured all that out because we had a lot of time to do it with it at home and not paying a quarter every time that we were going to lose a guy. You can yeah. be a lot chancier with your guys when you're not going <laughs> to have to pay money to, <laughs> you know, to start over. Yeah. The, the money's already paid. You know, I don't need to. <laughs> we paid the hundred bucks for the console, which was what it was. The original That's Nintendo was a hundred bucks. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was a hundred bucks, which was a. I mean, that's like a, a, a $1,500 console now, right? Mm-hmm. If, if they charged $1,500 for a PlayStation, which they don't, it's like 700 bucks or something, right? <laughs> but it was like a hundred bucks for it. And it came with Super Mario Brothers and, uh, and Duck Hunt. Like there was a combo cartridge with the horrible game Duck Hunt and Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> which is why Duck Hunt still is around. Like that's why we know what Duck Hunt is. Because <laughs> it was free with the Super Mario Brothers cartridge that came in the box and the little gun for the Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, there wasn't uh, a lot of, you know, there, there wasn't any of that uh, cheat code menu that pops up. And, you know, no, that, that just wasn't a thing. Hey, man. Um, it takes a but, lot of simoleons to get to the top, and I am not above using a cheat code to get there. Like, well, hey, in GTA Five, like one of the fun things to do with GTA Five is just pop up the cheat codes and like make your, you know, uh, spawn a hol- helicopter out of nowhere or <laughs> mm-hmm. or whatever, and then yeah. wreak havoc on the world. Not even trying to play any 
not even really trying to play anything, just going around and destroying whatever or <laughs> getting yourself yep. into a gun battle that you, you know, couldn't survive. Well, and I'm pretty um, sure cheat codes were originally just like someone found the developer backdoor, right? Like that's. Well, like, you know, honestly, what happened, um, the, the developers and things would put those stuff in to test certain parts of the game. Right. Right. So when they're testing the game, they, they, they put this cheat code menu there so they could go and, you know, just skip to whatever it was to test that piece to make sure it all worked right or whatever. Right. right? And then it worked in all environments and things like that. So then they started just leaving it like as like an Easter egg, like, you know, if, if you're smart enough to figure out this combination of buttons, you know, yeah, <laughs> then, then you get to do a cool menu. And then what happened is the game developers started working with the people who write the game guides and they told them, Hey, look, if you do this, you're going to have a, you know, <laughs> people didn't stumble upon it. It was like the day of launch. Those things are in the, in well, the that was the same case uh -huh. with, I remember, I think the first game guide I really got was, Oh, is that one with the kids? Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. And they, like, you guys gave me the game and the game guide with it. Yeah. And the game guide had, like, the Animal Crossing cheat codes because, like, what you do with Animal Crossing is heavily RPG based. Like, oh, I'm making friends oh, yeah. in this little village. Uh, you know, the thing was about that is that I knew when I got you, when I was getting you that, that you would just absolutely love that game. Like yeah. I'd seen it played somewhere else and I was like, oh, this is a Bailey game. Like, And it was, <laughs> you know, it, it's a real shame because like in adulthood, there has been a resurgence of Animal Crossing and adult Bailey does not like Animal Crossing as much as kid Bailey did. Uh huh. But if Kid Bailey Kid were Bailey around when the Switch it. happened, I would be a Switch kid. Like I would have loved the Switch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo was brilliant with the Switch because they um, they took the Wii and the DS and blended them together. Right. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. Um. And I, you know, I, I I know they're making a new one. They're trying, you know, a new upgraded, uh, not just a, a bump in the specs and, you know, better screen or whatever, which they've already done a couple times, but I, I, they're supposedly making a whole new, like a Switch 2. Oh, fun. So we'll see what they come up with. Um, um, so I did want to get to talking about Gilmore Girls. I only watched two episodes. Ah, well, that's cool. I have I have watched three, so... Okay. We can just talk about the two. Yeah. They're a they're a heavy two. Okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. It wasn't like a oh fun little romp two episodes. No. So the two that you watched were the Nanny and the Professor, which is episode ten. No, maybe hold on. Maybe I was an episode ahead because I watched eleven and twelve. Oh. Well, um I believe. I yeah, I thought we ended with the big night out the last time. Ted Koppel's Big Night Out. Well, I might have just watched an episode of Ahead on Accident because the last episode okay. I have is a family matter. A That's family the one I matter. finished. Luke is wary when his sister comes to town. Yeah. 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 So that's 12. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the last one I watched too. So cool. I don't think we've talked about 10. Cool. Which is uh, the nanny and the professor, which is, you know, where Tobin is um, Suki's nanny. Yeah. Um, I um, thought we did because we were talking about Michelle 
hates Tobin for she, obvious he reasons. Yeah. Tobin sucks. Tobin's kind of annoying. <laughs> I don't like Tobin either. Like, I understand why he, like, you know, the, the thing is, Sookie needs help, and she doesn't really care where it comes from. Yeah. And that lady that was there was bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, having having Tobin come on board is, is like... Better than it you know, was. Right. Better than it was. Not, you know, it, it, and it's only for temporary. She knows that. Mm-hmm. She knows that she's going to eventually, like, you know, show Tobin on his way or that Tobin's going to get bored and go somewhere else anyway. Right. Because yeah. that's the kind of guy he is. Right. <laughs> but Michelle doesn't, for some reason, see that. That, like, Tobin's not a lifer in anybody's life. Tobin is a, he's the kind of person who weaves in and out of people's lives a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's like a, a, a drifter, like who could be friends with people really intensely for a few months and then not see them again for six years and then be friends with them again. Like nothing happened for a few months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, we all have those people in our lives, <laughs> you know, and sometimes you're really mad at them because you're like, Hey, I was really good friends with you and you just disappeared. <laughs> and <laughs> I felt like it was personal, but then you realize as you get older that it isn't, they're just that type of person, you know? <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of that person. So. Wow. <laughs> like I'm not Tobin level. I'm not fucking annoying, but like, <laughs> I've always kind of been a hop around friend group kind of person. And I have a lot of friends, and so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, nothing wrong And that's wrong the with thing that, people but... often say to me is like, oh, yeah, I know we haven't talked in a while, but, you know, you, I always feel like we, we can just pick up exactly where we left off. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So There you so, go. You know, but, but if someone really not. wanted to hang out with me, I wouldn't ignore them. So that's, so, you know. Michelle is the kind of person who's like, I have four, three really good friends in this world. And yeah. They're my friends. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else. I, he, he also, it isn't everyone else is kind of not my friend. It's kind of everyone else is basically our enemy as a group. Yeah. And if you talk to any of them, I'm going to be angry with you about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is tough because Lorelai is everyone's friend. Yeah. Right. Well, like, I would be. You know, I would say, just in defense of myself, I am more a Lorelai than I am a Tobin. But right. Well, I, I would say that true because Lorelai is, Lorelai is everyone's friend, and but she doesn't. If she's really intensely friends with somebody, she still is. Yeah. You know, and Tobin, I don't believe that that ever is really the case. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> like Tobin know. doesn't have great friends. Tobin just right. It, yeah. He has great friends intensely for a month, and mm -hmm. then he doesn't have great friends because he decides that he needs new great friends. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Lorelai, you know, she can just be friendly with everyone. Same with Suki. No one hate. No, there's no one that dislikes Suki. You know. Well, yeah. Um, so no, I mean, I, I did we talk about this? Are you sure? Because the marzipan, I don't remember getting to talk about that. Oh. Um <laughs> You know, because, I feel like uh, we it, did, but maybe it was just I watched the marzipan and I was like, oh, oh that's yeah, funny. 
I don't remember when we talked about it, but I love the whole marzipan. If we did talk about it already, you just get a little recap before we move into the next one. So have I think you ever part... eaten marzipan, Dad? Yes. <laughs> it's gross. It's it's so fucking sweet. I, I don't understand the idea of eating pure marzipan just straight and that's the entire candy. Because I like there's this thing called with stuff. So yeah. there's this thing here called fancy cakes. I think that's what it's okay. called. And so it's basically like it's like there's a cake in the middle and then it's surrounded in marzipan. And mm. um I was eating it in front of my boyfriend and literally I ate it and I was like, ooh. So sweet. And I saw him, like, I ate literally just the cake bit, and I saw him pick the marzipan off and eat just the marzipan icing. And I was like, psycho behavior. Okay, go on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's been times when I wanted to eat just the frosting. Right. It wasn't marzipan. Yeah. It was buttercream. Which I could do. Yeah. I could eat a bowl of buttercream frosting. I mean, sure. (laughs) But, you know, I I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, buttercream is not nearly as fucking sweet as marzipan. <laughs> and if I were really up until moving here, if someone had asked me to draw a diagram of the sweetest things I've ever fucking tasted, I would say pure icing, buttercream icing would be pretty much at the top. Uh huh. But God, was I wrong? Like. <laughs> Uh, last night they had a uh, at the uh, Texas Hold'em fundraiser. They had uh, the Umoja project. We should you know pimp them a little bit. It's a really good pro- project. But anyway, um, they had these um, dessert things that came out, and you know like dessert hors d'oeuvres. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like uh, a piece of cheesecake. Just it was like it, it was like it, it was shaped like a little truffle or a, a you know chocolate that you get in a box, mm-hmm. right? But it was chocolate-covered cheesecake, basically, right. like a little chunk of chocolate. That stuff was so, so sweet. And also, like, the perfect size for it because it was super sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you took a bite and it was like, oh, my God. Okay, good. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't want a whole cheesecake of that, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And now it's done. <laughs> and now it's done. Perfect. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> it was, but it was, you know, it was really good. It was just like one of these things where you, yeah, thank God that had that chocolate around it because the filling was, you know, like, yeah. you know, it, it was, you're going to go into insulin shock, you yeah. know? So that's how a Mars um, pan is. And, and yeah, I kind of, the only thing I can really figure on this is that um, because Richard's mom is British. Uh huh. He probably grew up with marzipan, and that's why yeah. he can eat Remember it like it's like, an actual it's fun so good. thing. Yeah. 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 He's like, it's so good. It's the best ever. And it's like Toblerone. And 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 she was like, this tastes nothing like Toblerone. Yeah, because it's not chocolate. <laughs> it's not Toblerone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um. <laughs> Uh, the, and then, you know, in that episode, also the awkwardness of Digger um, taking her out and then they have sex and then he wants her to sleep in the guest room because he can't sleep with anyone else, which was we the definitely most talked about this because I definitely remember telling you how I feel about this, which is um, if I walked into that room and someone was like, oh, 
This is the end of the date. However, here's this luxury, like uh, just walking into his home. I'm like, okay, now I do remember. We did talk about it briefly. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm certain yeah. that this guest yeah. room is insane. Okay. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm staying here for the night. However, we're not going to have a long relationship. We're not going to have that's a long, re- no, we're not going to have a long relationship. That's what, honestly, that's what I think every time Digger comes on screen, he is exhibiting behavior that is not long-term relationship behavior. He gives a red flag straight to your face and Lorelai continuously ignores it, which is weird. Like on the well, first date when he was like picky eating, a- fuck that. No, well, it's like a back and forth though, because then she something happens that she really likes, right? Okay, he also has the creepiest yeah. dog ever. <laughs> he totally does. That dog doesn't move <laughs> unless he says so. Yeah, creepy. <sighs> so okay, the clamor and the clangor. Stan died. Stan dies. You know. His death is because death comes in fives in Stars Hollow. It's fucked. They're in the funeral. They're calling a shot. <laughs> They're calling the shot for Han- Hank Crutzman because he's the odds on favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Rory is like, stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. If anything happens to Hank, it's going to be our fault. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Poor Hank. And, and um, the thing is, I like this funeral because. Um, Although Stan wasn't an on-screen character, Rory is actually mourning Stan, which is a problem we've had with past Stars Hollow's deaths, that Lorelai has a problem actually mourning people. She tends to just Uh like make fun of it when people die. Well, it's her defense mechanism against the possibility that anyone could possibly die, right? Yeah, uh, um, but uh, you know the, the the greatest thing is, and the reason we talk about Stan mainly is that Stan has left money to repair the church bells that haven't rang at the church in twenty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like throughout this episode, the church bells are going off, and the first time, everybody in town stops and they love it. Like mm-hmm. they're, it's cool, but it goes off every half hour. And it's long and annoying. <laughs> and honestly, as far as I remember, like the first time it goes off, it keeps like slow dinging between the like loud whole well, no, affair. No, it's dinging like how many hours, what hour it is. So it's yeah. like five o'clock. So it dings like five times. And Yeah. yeah so it does a whole song and then it does yeah. the dings. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, I mean... Uh, like the courthouse here in Greenfield, where I live, actually dings, right? Yeah. But it just, you know, once for each hour, and that's it. There's no long song. It, There's a long you know, song at noon every day. At noon, but that's it. Like that's not every it. time. Like, yeah. Yeah. And um, but this is, you know, it's annoying everyone. Davy hates it. You know, Suki's baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wakes up a couple minutes before they go off. He's like got it timed. To start crying before the bells even happen in anticipation mm-hmm. of them happening, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and so I love that we're, we're you know, and, and at some point in this episode, I believe that, uh, you know, Luke and Lorelai have been having a little rift. Um, um, it's not a little rift. Okay. He moved in with Nicole and, and then Lorelai yeah. threw a bitch fit about it. And Luke was like, you can't tell me what to do or how to live my life. And threw a bitch fit back. 
And then Lorelai came into Luke's, started looking around Luke's like former apartment. And he, she said, why'd you tell me you moved to Nicole's house when you clearly didn't move? And we find out that Luke has and all of his shit still like in his house. old apartment. And, and he's, and he's been uh, only staying there like some nights of the week because yeah, well, some mornings I have to wake up really early. It just doesn't make sense for me to travel back. Well, and, and earlier this week, Nicole had a, the beginnings of a cough. So it made sense that I would just go to the diner and stay there because then I wouldn't get yeah. sick. <laughs> right. So it's basically whatever excuse he can have to not stay there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, you know, Lorelai and him are having that rift. And um, so I guess uh, the I want to get through the Bell story and we'll go back to the other stuff. But I love that at the end of it, um, <laughs> Lorelai walks into the diner and they've been fighting. And she says, do you want to help me break the bells? I'll get my toolbox. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And and then um, they get into the like like the whole fight is behind them because mm -hmm. the bells have to be taken care of, right? Yeah. I mean, at least for the moment, the fight has been set aside. Yeah. What I love is they're yeah. in the middle of this, and Lorelai's like, "Okay, so I I guess how are we going to go about this?" And then Luke says something very specific along the lines of, "Well, you know, it's a common misconception that you have to break all the." Bells. Technically, you only have to break the major one and the, this other side one, and then the entire set's basically useless. And she goes, "Oh, okay, Mister Bellmaker, what the fuck?" And he goes, "Who do you think broke the bells in the first place?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like 20 years earlier, young Luke had gotten fucking sick of the bells and broke them. <laughs> broke them, yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's standing there. The preacher walks into the church and sees them and sees them with tools. And he he's goes, like, what Luke, are you doing Lorelai? Wait a minute. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. And then he walks out. Because <laughs> he has to live in the building with the damn things. God, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he just walked right back out. I laughed for about five minutes. Like I loved mm -hmm. it. He walks in. What are you doing here? Oh, thank God. Carry, Carry on. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll leave you to it. Go on. Thank you. <laughs> it's not me. It won't be on my conscience. You go ahead yeah. and break them. <laughs> I have thought about going up there and breaking them every minute of every day since, yeah. they, since they've been fixed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's really good. The, the other story of this whole thing, I think is mostly about, um, the band, you know, like Lane's band. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Zach, uh, and you know, the, he, he, he's got a, uh, a, a, he start well, there was like a thing where he was talking about NSYNC and they started giving him shit. Like you seem to really know a lot about them. <laughs> and then they go around and they all say their guilty pleasures. And he's like, no, I just read a lot about music. And I was reading an article that mentioned NSYNC. Uh, yeah, he, he he was totally protesting too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they were all very caught and like nice about it. Like, like they were being yeah. very nice, and he was like, "No, I don't like them." <laughs> and um, and then Gil gets him a job, a, a, a gig at CBGB's in yeah. New York, 
And so Lane's got to find a way to get there without her mom knowing. For which a show is a that starts lie. at one in the morning on a Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that le- they show Lane's school group, you know, yeah. and one of her classmates is Rami Malik. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah. W- w- one of her classmates is Rami Malik that plays Fed- Freddie Mercury after he grows up. That's crazy right? that I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And, and uh, he's sitting there. I'm like, holy shit, it's Rami Malik. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Before he was any kind of famous, you know? And uh, so I was like, I was like, I wonder if Bailey noticed that. I guess not. No, he looked too young. Didn't notice. Um, um, so that was a good side note. I, I, I love that. I was like, they, they always have, there are so many people that have been in the Gilmore Girls that ended up being really big later. You know? So basically she's talking to, she's talking to Rory about trying to figure out how to go to the show with a good excuse for her mom. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we know, we're cutting to Lane at Rory's dorm at four in the morning saying, hi, show went great. Bad news about the excuse. I didn't think of one and I just snuck out of my mom's house. Don't even think I left the door. Like, I don't th- I don't think I locked the door on my way out. Like, like, I just went. And Rory's like, okay, well, you need to call her and let her know that you're okay. <laughs> and Lane's like, can't do it. And then Rory calls Lorelai, and Lorelai immediately is like, oh, fuck you. Now I have to call Mrs. Kim. <laughs> and yeah. Rory, for whatever reason, has forgot the mom stick together rule and goes, well, why do you have to call her? And she goes, because if I woke up at four in the morning and you weren't there, I'd be freaking the fuck out. And Rory's uh, like, oh, uh, fine, whatever. I'm sure uh, she's not even awake. Like the police and the fire department and everything are in and the And there's a fucking, the there's says. a vigil in the background. There's a uh, yeah. candlelight vigil in their living room uh, at four yeah. in the morning. And Mrs. Kim immediately is like, give me the address. And she's in the car and she's driving by Luke Steiner again, four in the morning. And Luke's coming out with a shovel or some shit. I think he's got like a basket of bread that he's about to cook for the next morning's like whatever. And Mrs. Kim stops the car and walks out and she goes, hey, Luke, just want to let you know my daughter won't be in to work in the morning. And he goes, oh, no, she let me know. She called twice. She's a really responsible kid. And Lane's mom goes, she called. And he goes, yeah, one last night yesterday to let me know that was happening. And then again, just a little while ago Mm. to (laughs) remind me that she wouldn't be in. And Lane's like, "Okay," so she called Mrs. Kim, Mrs. yeah, she... Yeah, Mrs. Kim goes, okay, my daughter called her boss twice, and she called Lorelai, but she didn't call me. And she goes home, and she goes immediately to Lane's room, and she discovers every hidden compartment, all but one, that Lane has kept since she was, like, six years old. Yeah. And then she kicked her out. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I honestly of the times that people have been kicked out of their parents' homes first uh, first of all one of the few times I actually am like yeah I understand both sides of this <laughs> but the other side well, of it is she, I feel really like, bad for Mrs. Kim she said Mrs. Kim I felt really bad for her she's like you know uh, all I want is for you to do these things and she's like kids don't make the rules so you can move out yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, 
So the, and, and that's like that's a little no she doesn't even say you can move out she goes so you can you can live that life somewhere else you can do what you want yeah yeah you can do what you want but you have to move out of my home to do it right which is a and, fair fucking compromise okay she's 19 is, she has a yeah. job she's not out on her ass she can move into Lorelai's if for a few days to get on her feet and find a place to go like well, she sense. moves into Rory's for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, so. but yeah, I I I think that um, the that that's the thing that Lane needed to happen anyway. Like, yeah. and and we find out later that it it is exactly what she needed because, you know, Mrs. Kim does not leave her stranded in no. any way, shape, or form. No, <laughs> she she it actually does a lot later. To. Yeah, um, but like I felt so bad for her because. One, she did a really good job raising a kid that was responsible. But secondarily, she also has failed on the relationship with her kid. You know, <laughs> she's totally done that. And well, she and realizes what really... that she has failed when Luke tells her that he's called, she's called her, him twice and she's afraid to call her. You know, well, and what really hurt me was when, you know, she was talking to her mom and she was like, really, the problem is that I cannot be your perfect daughter. And... I it kills me to let you down, like to say things to your face that I know you won't like. But my life is my life and I need to live it like this. Like, I don't want to lie to you, but I don't want you to be disappointed in me. And it's the being disappointed in me that keeps me from telling the truth. Yeah. I think the only real Rory storyline that happens here is that she has a misunderstanding where she thinks that the guy in the, from the laundry room was telling stories about her and it was about some other girl. Yeah. <laughs> and then she yells at him. My favorite part about that is Lorelai at the end being like, uh, Rory's like, I'm going to have to uh, like avoid the laundry room and the dining hall and <laughs> this debate club. And <laughs> Lorelai's like, well, if the whipped cream girl is still hanging around, I feel like maybe... You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so a family matter. Lorelai has to sit at Kirk's table in the diner when she comes in. <laughs> and Kirk because says, too busy. I have a girlfriend. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Lorelai's like, I'm not flirting with you. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, then take a seat. <laughs> and then, then Luke walks up. How's it feel to be a stepdad? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I have a girlfriend. Oh, double and dipping, you dirty dog. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Liz shows up, but no one knows who she is. Mm -hmm. um, because, of course, she hasn't been around. Like, <laughs> like so Lorelai and, you know, Kirk, they don't know who she, who she um, is. Honestly, if I'm being real, I think that the only reason Nicole's plotline carried on longer was so that when Liz was introduced, there was not a second of confusion. Like, oh, is this a new love interest? Like, I, I don't know. Or an ex. I, I think. Like, I think the, the the thing is, I think the reason that Nicole carries on a bit is because it's um, they're, they're, what they're the point they're driving across is that neither Luke nor Lorelai was ready to settle down. No. Right? Like, because it, it shouldn't feel one-sided. Like, the reason they haven't gotten together is because neither of them are ready to have the right person. Because once they are ready to have the right person, they're going to be together. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, so 
basically Luke's sister comes into town and uh-huh. is under the guise of, oh, I just, you know, my school reunion who's here. I haven't seen you in three years. I wanted to catch up and blah, blah, blah. And Luke goes through and he she's like, he's like, let me guess. You've got a new apartment and a new job and you've got a new boyfriend who's different from all the others. And he might be the one. Well, before he says all of that, Liz went up into the uh, into the apartment and tore off a, a hidden panel in the closet and found her weed that yeah. she had hidden. There's been weed <laughs> in the closet all this time. There's been weed in the closet wall since she was a teenager that he didn't even know about. Didn't even know that panel existed in his own house. Even though he's remodeled <laughs> like three times, too. He never did anything with that area, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it, it, you, but but uh, the thing that really happens with Liz here is she's talking about how great the new guy is, and how she's selling homemade jewelry at Renaissance fairs and stuff, and he tells uh, um, her that he did everything for Jess, you know, because he's kind of going off about how you know she abandoned him. How does she think that this is going to work out? Mm-hmm. And it, it, he did everything, and he lets it slip about stealing Jess's car, mm-hmm. and then. Um, he goes to check on it, the car, the next day, and it's not in the garage anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> because Jess has come back and stolen his own car back. Right. And um, and so, like, that whole thing was like, you know, um, he said that he hadn't – she said she hadn't talked to him, but she was lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, she had talked to him. <laughs> she talked to him immediately after that and told him where his car was, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so, uh, and we also have going on, like, there's there's like so much clandestine things going on between everyone here, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's um, Paris, who's hiding from Jamie because... You know, she's dating Asher, the professor, you. Um, And so she's been, she's avoiding Jamie, who's come there for her birthday, right? (laughs) To Yale. No, not her birthday. His his birthday. birthday. Yeah, for his birthday. Yeah. And so she won't, like, she won't even talk to him for a moment. Like, oh, I'm really busy today. It's like, dude, like, (laughs) it's his birthday. He goes and finds Rory, like, really easily, right? And Rory's <laughs> you know? like not even trying to cover for Paris more as she's just trying to like stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Completely stay out of it. Right. Because the yeah. thought of it grosses her out. And she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to face this horrible decision that my friend has been making. And I don't want to tell. And I don't want to be the person like. to tell her boyfriend who I enjoy. Like, yeah. Who was in model UN finally with goes me. Off on and, her, right. Yeah. You know, she Rory goes off on her about it and she's like, "Okay, I'll take care of it." And she picks up the phone and breaks up with him. And she's like, "Not like that." Yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. Watching that like, happen, I was like, "God, that is fucking sadistic." Like because it's like it's a train. Yeah. I was like, "Okay, you've been avoiding him. You waited until he came to Yale. He's on campus somewhere. You're not calling him like, "Hey, you want to meet up so I can have a conversation with you on your birthday?" You're breaking up with him like that on the phone on his birthday while he's like within walking distance of you like that's messed yeah. up 
And what totally. for a like sixty year old professor? Professor, 65, and then she, huh? and then she has the gall to be like, well, you know, he has the body of a four year old. Yuck! And then <laughs> she she says she's like, no, I think it's the British accent that really attracts me to him. And Rory's like, you, thank you for that. Um, and Rory's like doesn't even verge on the like clearly this is a bad idea and you should stop right now like right and with all of those weird clandestine things happening there's like uh, Lorelai who's been dating Digger and hasn't really told anyone including yeah. Luke right yeah. and and she isn't telling anyone because she knows it isn't going to last mm-hmm. she doesn't want to admit that right yeah. <laughs> to, to, to the to, to digger but then you know he's really wanting her to tell emily and richard because it's complicated and silly you know yeah he's right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know if you're going to be dating him just tell them and get it over with because that's crazy you know and then emily like uh kind of says you know you got you two would be perfect together right before she's going to tell emily Mm-hmm. And then she starts laughing about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those two together. That's hilarious. You know? And Lorelai just sits there quietly and doesn't tell her again. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so then, you know, Jess, his car is broken, right? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> and, it's been sitting in a garage for almost a year. Right. Without being run or. And it's an old piece of junk. Anyway, up and it was right? an old. Yeah piece of shit yeah yeah so luke um you know tells him to stay away from rory you know (laughs) and um he's like i wasn't gonna see her she of course sees him in the car Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um and there's this whole thing like there's a whole sidelight that's going on here where lorelei's kind of broke right because of the the putting the 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 hotel the, the new um Firefly, you know. Yeah, the new inn. Yeah, the new inn. Putting the new inn together, and um, and so she's like cutting back on everything, and Rory realizes it and tries to talk to her about it, but it's kind of awkward. (laughs) Yeah, like Lorelai's like, it's okay, you know, I'm gonna get by. I'll be making money as soon as the inn opens, but right now I'm just draining money, so I feel like I'm gonna. You know, cut back wherever I can, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what, where she's cutting back is on eating out every night. Yeah, eating out all the time, yeah. And then um, Lorelai tells Luke, you know, hey, he's sleeping out there in that car. You know, <laughs> she like guilt trips Luke. And hey, then, it's cold. You should invite it's him cold. in. It's cold, yeah. And, um, and so, like, he's going to leave for Nicole's, and he walks out to the car and says... The key's where it's always been. You can go in and sleep in there. I'm staying at Nicole's tonight. It's up to you, though. If you want to die out here, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he leaves, and then Jess goes over and goes in <laughs> inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> after all of the bluster about and fighting, you know, Luke still does care. He's not going to let him freeze to death in the car. Yeah. You know? Well, and because, like, what Luke says is, like, to his sister is very true. He's like... You know, I did everything I could. I thought that stealing that car would mean that he would have to go to school and he would have to graduate. And that didn't happen. And she's like, OK, but you tried. Right. And like the the crux of it is like Luke kind of blames himself for not even realizing that like a lot of the shit was going to be like, listen, there's nothing you could have said or done. Like, 
Well, also the thing is when Jess went out to, to his dad's and, you know, got him to let him stay there for a little bit and work at his restaurant, you know, which is why he's back. Cause he's gotten enough money and he's going to, he's not, he wasn't going to stay there, no. you know? And, um, you know, but he doesn't say any of that to anyone. It's just, that's the way he is. He doesn't tell people what he's, yeah. <laughs> what, what's up, but he knew he screwed up. Like, yeah. like when he went in there and they kicked him out of school and he was like, I can make it up. I can do this. And they're like, you've missed too many days. It doesn't matter if you can make it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to be here so many days or you're, you can't graduate. And he's like, well, you, you should have told me that. And they were like, uh, we tried we buddy. So many yeah. times we tried. And then he realized that he was the one that really messed it up. Mm -hmm. And it took him, it took all of that for him to realize that he was throwing his life in the toilet on purpose. Yeah. And didn't see it, <laughs> you know, and losing Rory, I think also, because well, yeah. not graduating was not just losing Luke. It was losing Rory too. There was no way that was going to ever yeah. work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he knew that he left. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I just think, you know, he's such a complicated guy in this story. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting character that they've written there. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but we all know, I, honestly, well, at least I do. I know lots of guys that are kind of like him where they're really smart. They, they just never really got that they had to apply themselves even a little bit in order to like carry through on mm -hmm. <laughs> educational things. So then they end up working really hard at something their whole life when they wouldn't have had to work nearly as hard if they had just, you know, gone to class for a few more months. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Instead of having to work really hard to get back to where they should have been anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, you know, I guess that's the end of what you've watched. So we'll have to carry on next time. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, Gilmore Girls part 17 for us. We'll We're, get through it. We're in season four. Someday. It's fine. <laughs> yes, we will. All right. Well, until so, next time. Until next time. Love you, Bailey. Love you, Dad. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.